0: Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hello. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sari. And this week, we are joined by the inspiring, incredible, wonderful, uh, and a friend of ours, school leader, Jamila, who is a principal in Georgia.
1: Yes. I mean, so many wonderful things. Not only has she been an inspirational leader for her educators and her students, she's also inspired a lot of other people um, and including a lot of people at CA and the conversation with her. She just gives you this, these great, really like really complex best practices, but she does it in a way that you're like, oh, I can do that tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So, if you are inspiring leader, I mean, this is this is the one. This is a good podcast to listen to.
0: Yeah. And what's so great too about the tips and practical advice that she gives is, if you're a teacher, you can use these uh, strategies with your students. If you're a leader, you can use them with your teachers. And you know, if you're a Not human, you can them. just use it for your life. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. You can use them truly with your friends, with your partner. They yes. really just apply to building relationships and trust and being able to let go and take care of yourself. So we are thrilled to have her back and hope you enjoy this interview. Jamila, welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad you are here. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. If you don't mind just starting off introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be great.
2: Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, I am Jamila Hoodkirk, the proud principal of Fountain Elementary School, home of the Bears. I serve as a distinguished principal, um, entering my 14th chapter here at the same school. So I'm super excited about um, cultivating and um, really getting back into the new school year, um, two and a half years or so um, post-pandemic. Um, and so I'm super excited. And then for us, it's also the first year where we're allowing visitors in the building, so some normalcy is coming back into our school. So I'm really excited. Um, I my school is a pre-K through fifth grade school, and I have approximately about a little bit about almost 600 students now. Um, our um, enrollment is growing, and I'm super excited to start some new things happening in our building.
1: Well, welcome back to school, and welcome back to the podcast. We would just love to know, yeah, tell us more about the new things. Tell us how your school year started. What it, what are you thinking about? What changes have you made? And, and maybe what, what you're looking forward to this year.
2: You know, uh, we started actually in August, and, and I know that a lot of my friends who are in different states are just now starting after Labor Day. So we started when it was nice and warm. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing, but beautiful weather outside. Um, You know, one of the things that we are um, working on, like most schools and districts in the challenges with teacher shortages, we're still working on doing some additional hiring, um, but we just finished interviewing our last candidate for um, our last open position. So that's really exciting. We are um, kicking off our PBIS, our positive behavior support initiative this year. Um, So we're super excited about that. We're super excited about involving our students in different clubs and organizations. Um, We're super excited about um, continuing with our food pantry and our clothes pantry for our community and our weekend bags. And I'm very, really excited about um, building capacity in my building. That's what I'm most proud of um, because this year I have four instructional coaches and one SST RTI chair. And that has been very valuable to not only our um, scholars, but to our teachers. And so, having that additional support in our K 2 and 3 5 classrooms and those different content areas, that's what I'm super excited about. And so, we've been really focusing on professional learning, differentiated professional learning, and supporting teachers in their efforts to really raise our student achievement for our scholars. So, I'm really excited about the building capacity um, in our building. We've hired peer professionals who are now teachers. Um, individuals who are, this is their second career, who are passionate about children, and that's what we want. So creating that culture or maintaining that culture and climate in our building has been essential for our success for this school year
0: thank you so much for sharing all those incredible initiatives just a few things on your plate I think <laughs> yeah. um, it's exciting to hear about you developing other leaders um, and just how your your staff and your and your coaching team is growing and um you said this really quickly but the differentiated learning for your teachers that's so great meaning teachers where they are too just like our students, right? They're all people. Um, Switching gears a teeny bit, but related. So yeah, you just named so many things that I think every principal or school leader would want to aspire. We're doing a food pantry. We're doing differentiated PD for, you know, all these things. And and you say it with such ease and calmness and grace. Can you talk a little bit just about how you're able to juggle all those things? Um, Because you do do it all while also making time for your family and you wrote a book and just what are some things that other leaders could do in order to kind of make the time and space while having such a positive mindset?
2: Well, first and foremost, um, even when I started as an as a leader, my initial goal was to create a positive culture and climate because it, whatever you do, it has to be supported in that, you know, it's just like growing a plant. If you grow a plant in soil that is not um, nurturing or nutritious for that plant, it won't grow. And so you really, for me, that climate and culture is like, it's a, it equates to the soil of a plant. Um, and also building capacity. One of the things that I am huge on and my staff will tell you, even my paraprofessionals, first of all, everyone's treated equally. Um, in other words, your knowledge is important into our conversations, into our trainings. That's why we um, require our paraprofessionals to also um, uh, attend training because we want to also build up our people in our building. I highly encourage our staff members to go back to school, um, to do, even if it's not education, just something that they're passionate about because when their glass is full, then it impacts our students in a positive way. So building capacity, um, creating that culture and climate, but also building capacity, identifying individuals around you who, yes, who may know more than you, right? I do not pretend to be the final expert in, in, in everything. I am intentional about hiring people um, that can support the things that I don't know or that can push out and be actionable in my vision. Because I'm the visionary. I'm the one that comes out with these humongous ideas like, yes, let's do this, let's do that. And then I need those individuals around me to say, okay, hold on, Captain Kirk, for a second, let's do this one first. Or they run with it as well. So I'm really intentional about building capacity in my school and not just with leaders in terms of your grade chairs and department chairs. But also just your teachers, because not not no everyone does not want to be a leader or a principal or assistant principal or even a coach. But what I tell my staff is that you're leaders in your own right. You're leaders amongst your grade level. You're a leader in your classroom, whether you acknowledge it or not, or embrace it or not. And so I build capacity, um, and then those areas that I that we need to work on, that's what I focus on. If it's on um, in a particular content area, then I'm going to really develop them in that content area. If it's on um, coaching other um, peers, their peers, and working with others, then we're going to really focus on that. So, working on that culture and climate, building capacity in your building, and then also being very um, having boundaries for yourself um, as a leader. It can be very daunting sometimes when you try to do it all. And I've been there. I've I've been that leader where I stayed late or I took work home with me, and my children are running around while I'm still doing work, and I didn't leave it at at, at work at school. And what I've learned in my tenure is that the boundaries make me a better leader. Having the ability to um, self-regulate, to have self-care, and really focus on my mental health and my well-being allows me to be much more impactful to my school community because now I'm coming well-balanced. And again, part of that leadership is modeling what you want others to do. I can't say... You should have self-care, turn it off, and I don't do it. So it's something as simple as I don't send emails overnight because I was that leader or that teacher. If, if my phone dinged, I'm going to pick it up, and I don't want my staff members to do that. So I think those are essential, modeling self-care, um, expecting self-care, um, focusing on your culture and climate, You know, your stakeholders, not just your teachers and your parents, but also your students, right? finding out from them, what is it that they need? What do they want to see in their school? Because it's to be a collective effort to ensure that we have a positive culture and climate. And you can't, and then also learning that I cannot do it all because I I was there as well, that I felt like everything on, fell on me, right? As a leader, everything falls on you, but I can't do it all. And so having that distributive leadership has been um, super beneficial for me personally as a leader and has allowed me to grow as well again
1: whoa that was amazing you shared so many wonderful things uh, as you were speaking listeners that is she is painting a beautiful picture of what it means to be a visionary leader and the what the thing that stood out to me as you were talking is that when you say building capacity you're giving the people in your building the trust and the space for them to rise up which then models that for students and by you modeling self care and being the change you want to see, that is wonderful. And I love how you said by setting boundaries and you being the change you want to see, that allows other people to really step in. Because sometimes we overfunction and we think that we can do it all, but we can't. We can. And, 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 and it takes a village. It really does take a village. And you are building the right village. You are building the people that you're you're giving them responsibility and you're trusting in them. And then they're in turn will rise up. And if we all could create those cultures in our buildings, whew,
2: what a wonderful world it I would mean, be. It's a beautiful thing. I, in my tenure here, I've had two, two children. I have more. I have four boys and one girl, but I've had two as a principal. And I unfortunately went, fortunately. I was diagnosed with breast cancer last year. So I had to be out um, last year. When I was out on maternity leave the first time, I was that principal that was, y'all, you know, okay, you know, picking up the phone, I have the baby, I'm nursing, and then I'm I'm calling the school. By the time I got to the second, um, the second birth, and then last, you know, last year with the being out for the cancer, I could relax. I could, I could breathe. I could, I can be at peace that I have built a culture and climate collectively with my team that allowed me to rest and to heal and not feel um, guilty or anxious about it. um, And to really just let go and understand and know that I've given them. this like having a child, you know, when you send them off, when you send them off into the world, you, you pray that you've given them everything that you possibly can. So they have the tools when they leave. And that's essentially how it is, because as a leader, it can be any day that you leave out the building. I mean, you can be replaced at any time, just like a you know a teacher or anyone else. But I think there's something about knowing that your school is okay when you've poured and done everything you possibly can, where it allows you to just heal and relax and breathe. Um, and so, or even take a day, even if you don't, like you may just wanna take a day off. And a lot of us don't do that in fear of, what may be happening when we come back. But when you build capacity and people know you, they make sure that those things are done. So when you come back, you don't have anything to worry about.
0: So true. And I challenge all of the leaders and teachers out there to do take time for yourself and do what Jamila is, is saying. Just, just have that trust. And you're not going to know what happens unless you try, right? So if you never try, you never know. So thank you provide for providing all of those um, tips and best practices and just your leadership philosophy. Um, we really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Of
0: course. So before we close out, it is time for Ask an Extraordinary Educator. So here is this week's question for you, Jamila. Okay. Hi, Extraordinary Educator podcast. My question is about leadership. This is my first year as a principal. What can I do with my staff to build trust
2: without being cheesy or fake? Thank you from a new leader. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I did, I did, I've done a couple things. I've done a few things actually. One thing is I, I surveyed my staff because it's like the five love languages, those who've heard of it. You know, you have a love language, but everyone does not have the same love language as you. And although I might have thought that these were cute and nice um, things that I was doing for my staff, sometimes they may think it's a little cheesy, because, but I didn't ask them what they wanted, right? We make that mistake of sometimes doing things that bring us joy, but it may not bring other people, others joy. And so that's one thing I would survey my staff. I also um, have a committee, for example, of teachers and paraprofessionals that are on a team, and they identify those things that others might want to do in our building, whether it's um, having luncheons or having snacks or different activities throughout the year. They are the keepers of that knowledge, and then they bring to me what it is that they want to do or they want me to do. And then that gives them some ownership on um, into what they may see um, in our building. The other thing I would probably do, I did do the five love languages. I had all of my staff take that actual survey and then they had to share it as a team. We do a lot of team building. Um, and But one of the things that I found the most impactful, teachers love time. Like when you, just, it's the craziest thing. Like if I say snacks or time, they would pick time. Time to plan, time to collaborate. Time to work in their classrooms, time to leave and run out to their child's assembly and come back to work. Those are the little things that build that builds trust amongst your staff. When they know that you are human and that you go through things as well, um, they you you tend to build that trust between your staff. And I spend a lot of time having conversations with my staff individually and in groups. I will call a teacher um, if they've been out a couple of days to check on them. Right. The same way we expect teachers to do for students. Um, I will give a birthday card to a to a teacher or to a staff member or we celebrate. We celebrate. Right. That was that's another thing. Celebrate the small things, not just the big things and the student achieving the state assessments. Celebrate those small wins. The same thing we want teachers to do for our students. They want to be affirmed as well. And so but the biggest thing probably will be um, as a first year teacher, survey your, your staff, what their needs are. And then also gather a team that will be somewhat of, of your sounding board of things that you want so that you are not putting things out that that bring you joy but aren't bringing joy to others. But those are the two most impact things I would say so that they feel like there's impact. And then make your team or allow your team, charge them with that survey of putting those things into action. Um, so, um, so for example, we have a retention plan that we created last year for teachers. And so I all of my teachers who have been previous teachers of the year for the district um, for our school, they were in charge of putting that plan together. And then also moder- helping me monitor, are we doing the things that we say we're going to do? And that's super important because that will build trust. When teachers know, staff know that you're going to follow through on the things that they want or they've asked for, then you're going to build trust because they trust that you're going to get it done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I love that you had your staff take the languages of love. So listeners, we will we can link something in the show notes, but just put us on the same page. It's not just relationship. I mean relationships that's what you're talking about. You're building relationships with people. So the languages of love, if there's a whole book on it, but it's gifts of gifts of service. Gifts, Gifts, acts of service, service, quality time, physical touch, and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, yes. And you may give love very different than what you receive love. So again, it's just understanding and having a common language and the time we hear that from leaders too. Mm -hmm. teachers are just wanting time. So we thank you so much for just being an inspirational leader. Thank you for your time with us because we know your time is valuable. And speaking of time, unfortunately, we are out of time.
0: So with all of that said, Sarah, what, what, where can people find us? Yes, that is it for today's episode. Thank you again for being here, Jamila. You can leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us more, reach more educators like you. Follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at iReady. And if you have feedback, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or submit a question, email Inc.com This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary.
1: The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates, editing by Danielle Sullivan, social media by At City Hannon, guest booking by Sari Liberas, music by Mark
0: Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIready and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at com.